from the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 17th, 2014, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host for the day, Chad Michael Snavely, and uh, this week's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it easy and fast to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. Uh, Squarespace is simple and easy, beautiful design templates, uh, drag-and-drop content. Uh, they've got a great support, 24-7 support team, uh, and they have just launched... Squarespace 7. Hey, can I talk about this? Yeah. No, I do know this. It's getting a lot of buzz. It is. Well, I've been deep into building uh, a website, and right in the middle of it, they launched Squarespace 7, and I got to upgrade to it. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's so good. It is truly the best. I I, I am not creative, and I'm building something that makes it look like I'm incredibly creative. It's so cool. Uh, uh, For a free trial and 10% off, you can visit squarespace.com, and be sure and enter offer code RELEVANT at checkout. Uh, You don't need a credit card to get started, and when you sign up, uh, just use that, that RELEVANT code and get 10% off. Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. Check it out, squarespace.com. Thanks for sponsoring this week's Relevant Podcast. They're awesome. Well, like I said, I'm Chad Michael Snavely filling in in the uh, in the host chair for Cameron Strang this week, who is out, but with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffles. What's up, Chad? Hey, man. You're looking good in double denim today. God bless you, hey. sweet angel of a man. <laughs> go, go good, straight Leno today. Good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I drove my steam-powered car here and ready to start the day. Ready to go. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich. What up? Oh, we're <laughs> no. working. I no, like that. No, I like no, that. No, 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 that was good. Don't even, <laughs> don't stop the flow. Just keep going. <laughs> had like going. a slight cough in the middle of it. Yeah, not bad. Uh, and hello. Then, <laughs> on, the other, on the other Skype line from Chicago, Illinois, Shauna Nequist. Good morning. Well, Joy, um, you've been workshopping some intros, I can tell. Yeah. How do you feel about the one that you just threw out there? Well, the fact that I was in the middle of a text to my brother and then heard my name and that's what came out. Yeah. You know, I, that's, that's the extent oh, of my work. It's kind of spon- spontaneous. <laughs> but I want to say thank you because a lot of people on Twitter have been giving me ideas. Uh, they want me to do something with like a southern, like a southern accent, like a howdy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't feel I didn't feel led right then. What up came out? Led. So. <laughs> yeah. Is this a this is a spiritual decision mm-hmm. you're making? Oh, I was in prayer at 5 a.m. this morning about it. So wow. Yeah. Well, good good for you because I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, hey, we got a great great show coming up today. Joining us a little bit later, uh, a guy by the name of Chris Tomlin is going to call in. Have, Eddie, you look like you've never heard of Chris before. I don't know him or his work is he kind of an indie artist <laughs> yeah he um <laughs> he's just starting out um he's released a couple independent self-produced projects oh. he's looking for that big break well yeah. i hope this can give it to him <laughs> yeah, f- fingers crossed for him that, <laughs> right. that this one goes somewhere <laughs> right but uh this is gonna be fun he's actually gonna call in and he's gonna hang out with all of us on the show like it's not just gonna be like a typical interview where like one person interviews chris <laughs> we all get to talk to chris tomlin today clearly he has he has no idea what he's getting into yeah <laughs> nothing and has the worst publicist apparently because <laughs> who, who would agree to this no one's listening. They haven't listened to the show. <laughs> uh, so that's coming up. That's really fun. Chris has a new album coming out pretty soon, so we're going to talk to him about that. And we've got a few other fun things planned uh, with Chris Tomlin as well. And then later, Eddie uh, sits down and has a conversation with biblical scholar, theologian, and writer 
Peter Enns. Yes. Can I have a have a conversation with him? Awesome guy. Oh, people are so excited about his book right now. I, I keep know. hearing great things. Oh, it's, it's called The Bible Tells Me So. Uh, yeah, I just read it. Sean, I'll send it to you. It's amazing. Did oh. you enjoy it? People are raving about it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I did. He's going to get into all sorts of trouble for it um, just yeah. because he is really bold in the assertions that he makes, but then he backs it up with uh, really great thinking and really, um, I feel like it was a real freeing book and a real normalizing book for a lot of the questions that we have when we read through scripture. Hmm. And I felt like a lot of the book was him saying like, yeah, it's kind of okay to feel that way. And here's the overarching narrative of what's being talked about. So it was, um, it's great to get to talk to him. Yeah, that's awesome. great. Awesome. So that, I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's coming up later today as well. Um, so we got a really, really fun show planned today. Even though Cameron is out, um, he is on a little vacation, like a cruise with his family. Uh, he's been okay. posting a few pictures on Instagram with his son. This and- is what I love about Cameron. No idea. He was going to be gone. No <laughs> idea where he's going. And then all of a sudden, the Instagram thing just says Nova Scotia. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I feel like I keep pretty close tabs on him right. apparently not not even a little right i see him more than i see most people even on just podcast weeks like right. we're still in our same room no idea he's going to nova scotia <laughs> well, what, he's what, there now he keeps the travel plans pretty close to the chest he does. what's he I doing guess he does yeah he's he's uh he's on a little vacation with his family he's uh, whaling is that for real <laughs> like in na- yeah he's 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 taking up whaling like in gnashing of teeth like or professionally of, or like yeah, a big I mean, fish he's starting a new life as a whaler I, i've heard him whale is ugly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get the uh, we'll get the full update next week. He's been Man. he's been cast on the upcoming season of Whale Wars. Actually. Right, right. <laughs> I've actually been picturing all those like Canadian listeners that are like mad at him, like yeah. tracking him and finding him and confronting him. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody like uh, so so Tyler. I was talking to Tyler the other day. Tyler told me that somebody in Nashville uh, stopped him in line at a at a store. Tyler was buying a shirt and recognized his voice and said, "Hey, aren't you the guy in the relevant podcast?" Oh wow, he got voice recognized. He got voice yeah. recognized. So he I does imag- have a very distinctive voice though. He does. he does. He does. And he was probably decked out in head to toe denim as well. <laughs> which right. is a, a dead a, giveaway. A <laughs> well, with a with a an American flag undershirt on. <laughs> right. So right. Tyler doesn't wear outfits, he wears uniforms. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He wears the Tyler Huggaby uniform. And right. a button and of course he's wearing his button that says I'm Tyler from the relevant podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. But ask me about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but voice ga- voice recognized. Guessing something like that is similar similarly happening to Cam. Cameron, uh, wherever he is up mm-hmm. in Canada, I'm sure people hear his voice and they come up to him. But instead of being friendly, who knows what they're saying to him? They're angry Nova Scotians. We've had we've had a long running feud with Canada, mm-hmm. and I, I'd like to say that over the last year or so, we've tried to make some amends. And I don't think it's a only little backfire. bit better. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've held things out two weeks ago by messing up some sort of war that I wasn't really yeah. that familiar with yeah, or something. You, you didn't help at all. Uh, well. I do feel like it's almost impossible to have a feud with Canada because Canadians are so unfailingly polite though like right. yeah, we, we're giving them plenty of information and they're like totally fine mm-hmm. we'll have tea it's okay like <laughs> right. lovely lovely kind people right like you could you could theoretically just punch them in the throat <laughs> and they would just hand you a tim hortons donut yeah they're like you americans <laughs> unless it's on. on the hockey rink and then it's a bloodbath yeah, yeah. that's absolutely about true it. that's a really good point it's it's the it's the only country that has well other than a, a sport that actually is fighting right. like boxing or mma or something like f- f- bloody fists, like punching each other in the face as hard as you can, is just a- an accepted part of one of their major sports. I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, about it's super respectable. So good. It's maybe good like on their you, one Canada. acceptable outlet because they're like just unbelievably polite, and then it's got to come out somewhere. So yeah. that's why there's hockey, maybe. But, but even after the, even after like a brutal hockey fight, they're kind of like the two guys just look at each other. They're just pummeled. Like they don't even attempt right. to block the punches. They just exchange blows directly to the face, right. like, like a Rocky movie. 
And then, then they just kind of shake their hands and be like, okay, that was fun. Yeah. I'll see you in the penalty box. I'll beat you <laughs> on the ice in two minutes. We'll do this yeah. little dance again. Like, if I got in a fight, I've never been in a fight, but if I got in a fight, I don't know that I'd ever be able to, like, look at that person. Like, again. I think I'd be just, like, mad for life, maybe. At that Much person. less yeah. shake his hand seconds yeah. afterwards. Uh, and on box. skates, just skate by him and high five. Like, that just seems like a really <laughs> gentle end to things. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I just knocked three teeth out and you broke my nose. But hey, it's but, all good, uh, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our lovely Canadians. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for taking care of old Captain, old Cameron. Captain yeah. Ahab up there. Cap- Captain Camtastic yeah. is up in Canada, so be kind to him if you run into him. Joy, I wanted to ask you how your foot is doing, uh, if you give us an update. And also, mm. if you've taken any of Jesse's thought experiments and put them to good use to kill the time. Mm-hmm. Or have you taken all of them? Yeah. I've taken all of them, yeah. We don't have time to go through uh, the fact that I've mastered Jenga, solo Jenga. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Life-size, um, life-size human uh, solo Jenga. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm starting small, oh. uh, and then I'm working working my way up. In week six of my healing, I'll do life size. So it's Jenga size Jenga. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys see that video that somebody sent us of the person on rollerblades on all fours? Yes. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> that's that's what I'm aspiring to. I felt like that's pra- probably a workout I could do because I really I'm like so my leg is propped up on the couch right now. I've been doing very. A low amount of workout at all, yeah. um, but I feel like I could do that with a cast if I if I put the rollerblades somehow fashion them to my knees, you know, mm-hmm. and then my elbows. Uh, I think that could be a, a, a rehab workout for me. I feel like your doctor would feel great about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> totally in line with what how I understand like rehabilitation to work. I feel like this <laughs> exactly. is an outfit that needs to be made. Like where the where the the rollerblades are already strapped into the outfit, and you just kind of like zip this outfit up. Like, right. is this something that we could pitch on Shark Tank? Do you think? Not only that, yeah. I want roller I want rollerblade wheels like on the outside. I want like a zip up suit, right? That's right. head to toe, mm-hmm. and there's just it just covered in rollerblade wheels. wheels. So I can just yeah. lie down and roll around. And be <laughs> going down the hill. I'm picturing right now like my little boy's footy pajamas. Yeah. So I'm picturing like a, a, a grown man wearing like, you know, dinosaur print fuzzy pajamas covered with rollerblades. It's just, amazing. Yeah. Just screaming as he goes down a hill and can't really stop because there's just wheels all over. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no brakes. <laughs> I feel like Mark Cuban would buy into that. I yeah. think it's a great idea. I think, we're, I think we're all picturing exactly the same thing, and I think I, I will figure out how to how to craft it. Yeah, strangely, we all got on the same page immediately. With <laughs> immediately, that. we're like, yes, wooden pajamas, yes, rollerblade wheels over it. everything. There's something there's something synchronizing about all of us being on the same page. We got to ask, make a note. We're, we'll ask Chris Tomlin. Chris about Tomlin that. about a uh, onesie rollerblade outfit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll okay. see if he's on our page. Yeah, he probably has one. No, I have one of those little. <laughs> I have one of those little knee rollers in my apartment now. You know where you like prop one leg up yeah and uh but it's been i've like literally had to push all of my furniture to different corners i it's it's been a it's been quite a show here by myself trying to take corners um but yeah but you're doing I'm, you're doing okay uh yeah i have to travel and speak at shauna and i's alma mater on friday i'm a little nervous about traveling tomorrow again and speaking but yeah. Oh, you'll be so great. You'll do so, so, so great. I do feel like that is a difficult campus to navigate <laughs> on crutches yeah. slash a roller. Well, let me ask you this, Shauna. Would it be easier if she had a zip-up outfit that was mm. uh, fitted with rollerblade? Mm. As, as long as the chapel is downhill from where yeah. she'll be staying. For, for, one, for yeah. one route, it would be easier. Right. If you, if you could picture our college campus, it, it, it is basically one big steep hill. Like she could start at the top and then just roll straight down and then she would have to go to the hospital again. That's it. The one ride would be epic. Epic. 
I think, and then completely, then she would have to go in an ambulance for sure. That's going to be really helpful for the speaking, though, because I feel like you're just going to be limping and your way up there with crutches and they're falling down and you're stumbling onto the podium. I think you're going to get a good sympathy vote. Like everybody's just going to. Oh, yeah. good. She made it. Well, oh, you guys can you can place your bets now. There's a 75 to 85 percent chance that I will trip going up to the stage and fall over. So that'll be a part of the. The talk. While I don't want you to, because I, I care about you and want you to do well, I also really want you to, uh, yeah. because I because en- it'll be recorded, right? I enjoy things that are very funny. So right. this this feels like a viral video sensation on YouTube. Yeah, yeah this is Thanks, just waiting guys. to happen. Yeah, and so, what I, what I like about you, Joy, is that there's a high ex- there's a high probability that you'll live up to expectations of what we're imagining would happen. <laughs> you traveling and speaking with a broken foot. So I can't yeah. wait to hear about this. Yeah, Thanks. Thanks, bring guys. bring us a good update next week. Yeah. Please. Um, Shauna, I, I wanted to ask you how, how are things in your world? You're book, very, you're book world. Very I, professional. I just want to know who I'm talking to. I want to know how everyone's doing. I'm just I'm sure. getting in the habit always, of asking good questions because I'm going to be talking to Chris Tomlin later, and I'm, I want to yeah. be able to ask really, him good questions. I'm really struck by how professional you are. This is great. Yeah. So, all right, sorry. Not usually, a, you're wildly unprofessional <laughs> to the point of you're just borderline just HR lawsuits. Sitting so this over, is, you're just sitting over there angrily, just stewing. pressing your little buttons, yeah. just mad because the video doesn't work. That's right. That's right. So, Shauna, how how are things in your world these days you know they're good we are right at the fair well i keep saying we're just about done with this devotional mm-hmm. um i am i've told you this before i'm i think an editor's worst nightmare because i genuinely <laughs> have like deep and strong feelings about punctuation and like tiny little word choices so we're at that point where I, they keep saying okay you can have one more day but then i find so many things that i need to change that they're like oh my gosh fine one more day oh my gosh are you kidding me one more day so we are now at the I think I have to fly for a work thing this weekend and it's going to arrive in the last final thing is going to arrive in my inbox at 5 a.m. So I'll have it on my laptop on my way to the airport and I have, you know, just like a couple hours to finish it up. So we are like so home stretch on that. Nice. And then uh, my son, Henry, both our boys have birthdays in the fall. And so we did our first eight year old drop off party. Uh, on Friday night, which is like people drop their children off at our house, and we are ostensibly responsible for them for several hours. Oh, that sounds terrifying! Oh, <laughs> like sleepover? No, 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 no. This, this not there yet. It was two and a half. It was the longest two and a half hours of my life, and <laughs> delightful children. Like it's not like they were bad kids; they were right. super great kids. But, but long not- story. We made some plans that didn't totally pan out. Whatever. So we ended up having to kind of make things up on the plot on the fly, and so we ended up playing so much dodgeball. And we were trying to keep switching it up and make it fun. And so at one point, my husband yells out, everybody against mom. Nice. Good for you, Aaron. (laughs) I just got destroyed. There was like, like, you can tell in all their faces, like, are we allowed to throw as hard as we can at somebody's mom? Is that okay? Am I going to get in trouble? Is this going to backfire? And so they were like a little tentative. And then all at once, they were like, yeah, we totally can do it. And they just owned me i'm not kidding i was sore for two days oh, <laughs> and aaron's just <laughs> laughing and laughing hopefully just and look hopefully, at my sweet wife getting and, pummeled and hopefully <laughs> recording it on his uh, iphone as well i think there, there may be a lot of pictures yeah. again i'm sensing viral video on youtube yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like we like the finally the last parent came you know and it was like they were supposed to pick up at like eight o'clock and the, when the last parent comes at like 802 i'm like are you kidding me 802 <laughs> <laughs> we closed the door aaron and i just laid on the couch and didn't even talk like, how many how many eight-year-olds are we talking here eight eight eight-year-olds wow Whew. you would have sworn there were 800 something happens in the math with all of them 
totally bonkers. Yeah, eight-year-olds are intense. An eight-year-old with a dodgeball is yeah. like two or three full-grown adults. They just got a lot of energy and a lot to get out. It's spectacular. I think I would have just put them all in the backyard, like turned on a garden hose and thrown a, like an old Nerf football out there and be like, your parents will be here in five hours. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> totally. You end up saying things like, uh, no baseball bats at the table. Right. Put down that knife. <laughs> uh, get out of the freezer. Like, what are we doing? What's happening? Yes. Have you, Shauna, have you, um, have your kids done like the sleepover thing? Like, have you had kids come over and, and spend the night with, 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 with your family yet? Only, only like one at a time. Okay. This, but not this a big crew. certainly made it clear to me that we are in no way ready for the, the, the sleepover party. Like okay. zero. Absolutely not. Let me give you some advice. Cause, cause yeah. I, I used to, um, you know, I used to love having, you know, lots of friends come over and, and do sleepovers and stuff. We play basketball and play baseball in the yard and stuff. The was problem like, we, was. We did one like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Was, yeah right, right. Yeah. So Eddie and fun. I, it was really, it was really fun. Um, and Eddie still goes to youth group walk ins, even <laughs> yeah. though he's not involved with Hey, what's up, everybody? Right. <laughs> right. But what you, here, here's the, here was the problem. Was that the living room that we would all hang out in and and play board games and watch TV and do it you know eat copious amounts of, of Lay's potato chips and drink Mountain Dew Testinos was right underneath my parents' bedroom and so inevitably at some point during the night normally around two thirty three o'clock in the morning my dad would come stumbling downstairs standing at the top of the steps and he would it's just not, say it's not an alcohol thing he's just tired. no he's just very tired it's three in the morning he hasn't been sleeping and we're all kind of like shh, 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 yeah shh, right that, that yeah. move always works and then all you would hear is this i'll drive you all home Wow. If you kids don't go to bed. And then and then just one and kid just, is like, how are you going to do that? Because it only seats three people and there's nine of us. And so, I mean, I don't want to get technical on you. That, but kid, if, that, that kid actually gets driven home. <laughs> kind of feels the like a bluff. dad calls the kids bluff and puts them in the car. Just puts them in the car, drives them home at three in the morning. So I'm just saying, Shauna, when, when the time comes, when you have like, you know, the big group gatherings and everyone's staying over, just put on like you know the big parent hat and just threaten to drive everyone home if they don't <laughs> shut up and go to sleep. But I don't see that as Shauna's role. I think I mean I don't know at all your family dynamics, but I feel like at three a.m. Shauna's just like you boys. You know, hey, you, guys you want, want me to bake you a cake? You guys want another kale salad or <laughs> I'm whatever? You, you know, I think that that could be her approach. She could come to the top of the stairs and be like. If you don't shut up, I will not make any of you breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. If there is a sleepover yeah. of boys at our house anytime soon, I will be at the Waldorf Hotel downtown <laughs> Chicago. And I don't care what happens at 3 a.m. I right. will be like ordering myself room service, wearing fancy slippers, like, hey, Aaron, hope it's going great. Bye bye. <laughs> that's I, actually, I'm so not prepared for that's that. That's a really See, good I, I'm just going to use my backyard technique then as well. <laughs> I'll see you boys idea. in the morning. Good yeah. luck tonight. I think parenting two boys has got to be a process of just survival in a way because it's not like you're, it's not like you're going to get them to go to sleep. You just get out of the house right. at a certain point. Just right. Hope they don't you know hurt right. each other. Jesse, Jesse, I'd like to. I would love to know what it's going to be like when your son gets a little bit older and how you interact. <laughs> With his group of friends I'll, that come I'll over for sleep. Tell you how Jesse's going to be interacting. Right. Jesse's going to yeah. be there, going like, shh, 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 "Quiet, Dana's coming in. Shh, 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 quiet, 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 quiet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, be cool, be cool. All right. <laughs> okay, she's got it. All right, yeah. yeah. Party time. All right, all right. You guys, you guys. He's the kids asleep. are going to be like, he's, he's Mr. asleep. Jesse, I'm so tired. Yeah. Mr. Jesse, let me go to bed. And you're like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Thought experiments, you Just guys. Thought experiments. One more again. Yeah. Okay, thought experiments. Just fashion one more of these wheels onto your pajamas. We're almost done with my suit, guys. It's gonna be the best night of our lives, you guys. Finally, <laughs> just that, like, I can instantly be taken back to that moment of like the parent has just like opened the door or something, and it was like 
it the laughter like I could I would put my face in a pillow and it hurt because you're you were trying so hard. Yeah, it is so funny. <clears throat> Why is it so funny? It's I don't, just because you I don't know, know. It's, it's like adrenaline. It was <laughs> adrenaline. And then like the closer you would get to being caught, like the more you would want to you know screw up next time. It right. was just so much fun. Right. And you kind of like knew they weren't going to do anything, and you're like, how could we possibly go to bed? Right. We've crossed over. It's three a.m. Right. We've been drinking soda like, surge yeah. until like <laughs> one in the morning. There's no way. Like, yeah, I remember. I remember like the, the what the kid contraband. Like, dude, I went to the Seven Eleven today. I rode there on my bike. Jolt Cola, man. Yeah. You thought you would have thought that the kids scored like meth at the the way they're acting. Like they scored energy drinks, right. you know, at the Seven Eleven or like fireworks. Right. You know, oh, yeah. fireworks. You were you were a weapon smuggler yeah. if you were eight years old. Like, dude, dude, dude Nicholas got got black cats dude what you guys want what play, you guys want to play mike tyson's punch out and free base pixie sticks online <laughs> all that to say good luck shauna yeah i know yeah. right you sure. got we, this is the kind of parent aaron is so before we had kids so this is before he was a parent we had some friends come over and we didn't know them very well and they had two little boys like maybe two and four and aaron says like hey nice to meet you and then says, hey, I want to give you something and gives each of them a bottle rocket. No. So they walk around the corner to their mom and they're like, look what Mr. Aaron gave me. And the look she gave him was like, like wow, I will murder you right now. now. You gave my two year old fireworks, man. In a yeah. way that doesn't sound weird. I want you guys to be my parents. Nope. That sounded weird. That did not work. <laughs> <laughs> that did not, I, did, I was halfway through the sentence when I realized there was no way to make that sound normal. Whoops. I, I still am back at when Jesse, when Jesse mentioned that Eddie, you know, is showing up at high school lock-ins that like Eddie has called all of the churches in the greater Orlando area. And it's just like, Hey, if, can I get on a chaperone list for any of these, these events? Anybody need like a guest speaker or something? It's me from the relevant podcast. <laughs> Podcast. What's up? I, I, I don't care. I'll take like a three thirty a.m. shift. Yeah. Do not. I just want to be a part of this lock-in. Lock-ins. You you are you like within the first hour of your parents dropping you off. Like the lock-in always starts at like seven o'clock. You you are drenched in sweat, like shaving cream. All the pranks have already been done, and you look at your watch. It's like eight thirty. You're like, wow. you're like on a normal night. You, you know, there's I there, but my night would be just beginning. But you're you're totally crashed out by like ten o'clock, and then you realize the lock in thing like the concept was just a terrible you have 11 more hours i spoke uh for ijm at a at a lock-in a couple weeks ago and it was at like a local uh amusement park place called the fun spot and i had to show up at midnight i went on to speak at 2 30 in the morning and those kids were on full tilt And I was like, I was like straight up, like punching myself and smacking myself on the face to like get myself ready to go up and speak for thirty You're minutes. Like, hey, everyone who wants to hear about human trafficking. Well, kind of. That was what was funny is because they shut down all the roller coasters and everything, oh, and no. like brought all the kids in, and then I'm like. Here's a video of Joy T. She was in a dungeon, and uh, you know, oh, like wow. it, it was. Awkward. It was pretty much the hardest <laughs> speaking engagement. Did but you schedule it? I, you know what, Jesse, I did, and it was my fault. But they were really receptive and kind. But it was also like I, like in the middle of it, I just, I just said like, hey. I know you guys all kind of want me to be done, so here are like the three things that I kind of want to just wrap up with. <laughs> Have a fun night. <laughs> and I just, Who wants just, to go on the Tilt-A-Whirl? And then I did. I rode rides with them and just
just was like hung out, so I wasn't That's like awesome. stuck down. Yeah, it, 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 please don't think I'm, uh, uh, you know, IJM is done doing incredible work. It just seems like an odd venue it, to make the pitch in the middle it, middle of amusement park lock in. Well, it was it, they were. I was well set up, and the kids had all been talking about it, so there was some like preface to the conversation, and I tried to keep it as light as you can. But there's just a moment like where at some point you gotta just talk about the reality of slavery in our world and there's no way to like do a lock-in version of that yeah. so you just talk but the kids were really receptive to a really ill-timed talk did, but whatever. did you guys all do did you all do like church lock-ins when you were growing up totally yeah, yeah. a million of them everyone yeah, everyone did sick the next day and I, wh- how did it ever begin like how did anyone ever think it was a good idea who liked that right who likes that I yeah. mean, Parents I did like when that. I was fourteen. Parents like that, yeah. great point. Yeah, Shana. that is true. What's, like, sure. What was the craziest thing? Do you ever? Do you remember like the craziest thing at your church lock-in that you remember doing? I just remember judgment would get really bad for chaperones and kids. Like, uh-huh. we would already <laughs> be playing a dangerous game that involved like hide and seek and dodgeball all at the same time, right. or something like in a church sanctuary. Right, and then like around like three. You know, you got to get the excitement level up. So they're like, well, why don't we do this with the lights out and see what happens? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's like one kid falls and there's like a bloody nose because he tripped or something. Like judgment just gets really poor the later it gets in the church lock-in. There was always like, there was always like one couple by three o'clock in the morning. Oh, totally. You know, and you're so annoyed. You're like, we're here to play. And they're off in the corner, like holding hands, talking. Yeah, Yeah, there's been one, there's been two people that broke, that a relationship ended. Mm -hmm. But like one one boyfriend and girlfriend came into lock-in that didn't make it out. And there's like two new couples by morning. Right. It was pretty, (laughs) it's pretty crazy one time Aaron Smith uh, was wearing Mike Wilson's Stussy shirt in the middle. And that was crazy. That's crazy. I couldn't believe that. That's crazy. (laughs) It doesn't mean as much to you guys, but that was a pretty crazy At that time, man. I I can't believe I think I got my first concussion at a church lock. That's a bad phone call. When you're the youth pastor and you have to call your boss, who's your pastor, be like, hey, totally fine. It's going to be totally fine. We're going to the ER. Yeah, just one of the kids. Uh, Your kid, actually. Your kid. (laughs) Funny story, Lynn. Um, Shauna. Yeah, kind of bonked her head. I was running across the church baptismal uh, in a wild game of hide and seek and capture the flag, and uh, fell and hit her head on the organ. <laughs> we we don't have any of those things, but sure. <laughs> yeah, you and I had very different church upbringings, Shauna. Yeah, you really did just reveal a lot about your church I know. world. I know. Lock-ins, lock-ins, man. Still takes do- you back. They're still doing them. Though. They're still doing them, and Eddie's still speaking at them. So if you'd like uh, a speaker to come to your next church lock-in, yeah, Eddie Coffold's at Gmail. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's keep this thing moving. We got some entertainment releases for your next church lock-in. Music coming out on Tuesday, October twenty-first. The Cold War Kids are coming out with their new album called "Hold My Home." Uh, Jesse Ware is coming out with "Tough Love." Uh, Martin Smith, you know Martin Smith from uh, Delirious, former yeah. lead singer of the band Delirious. Delirious He's, uh, got a, yeah with a question mark, right? <laughs> his uh, his new project is called "Back to the Start." Uh, worship band Planet Shakers. They have a new album called "This Is Our Time." And uh, one that I think we're all pretty excited about, Susan Boyle is releasing the album called Hope. Oh, I cannot wait for the new Susan Boyle project. Yes. So, so Susan Boyle had a first album. She did have a first album. 
Okay. Wow. I, I knew she had a YouTube video, but Joy, I didn't know it went Joy, beyond that. Joy, this is the relevant <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> and I have no idea why I'm on it. Hey, w- one more album for you guys to check out. Uh, our brand new relevant compilation album, Volume 15. That's awesome. It's out right now. You can go stream it on the drop. Okay. And if you're a subscriber, uh, there's a little button on the album uh, page, and you can actually download the album. Drop it, drop it in your iTunes and have, I think there's 16 awesome songs in this album. Uh, you, Noah Gunderson, David Bazan, John Mark McMillan, his song uh, with Brady Toops off oh, the new Borderlands session. Really that's good. on there. I love that song. Um, a brand new song from Andrew Bell. I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, Kai Kai, New Lore, Young Oceans, Sucre. All these guys are on the brand new Relevant compilation. Uh, it's volume 15. Again, anyone can stream it over at the drop, but if you're a subscriber... Uh, to Relevant Magazine, you can actually download the album. So One of, check that but out. But if you're if you're nice to Snavely and you send him your address, he will send you a hard copy CD because that's that was his jam in college. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking offline. I used to be the mixtape master in college. I used to create. People would come to me and say like, "Hey, I, I'm taking this girl out. It's like oh, our first date. Yeah. Could you make me a mixtape for my car?" And so. <laughs> I spent 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had to recoup the cost of the $500 CD burner that I bought when I was in college. What? This was 1999. Okay. Oh, wow. You couldn't just like put a CD into your computer at this time. You had to buy a standalone uh, unit that had the two trays in it. One, you would put the CDR. Yeah. The other one, you would have to just swap out CDs. So you would basically record <laughs> one song, swap it out, put in the next CD. Funny. It would take you like four hours to make a freaking mixtape. Wow. So of course I would charge 20 bucks. You got to make your money back somehow. Obvi. But I set up so many first dates when I was in college with my mixtapes. Oh my gosh. What was, the, what, do you remember any of your like uh, first date jams that were just like particularly, I mean, PM Don set a drift on memory bliss. We've talked about He that. doesn't, he doesn't remember, but all we know is that he needs to confess because it led to a lot of poor decisions on those first dates. <laughs> a lot of regrets. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have been putting boys to men on those mixtapes. <laughs> Yeah, they, the, those mixtapes were a little too good. <laughs> right, they were. <laughs> um, seal. Yeah, a lot of seal, a lot mm. of Kiss from Rose, uh, a little Sade. Um, oh, Sade. Sade. I love So good. Sade. Wow, I don't know if that's first date. That's a serious first date. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but see, you would have to like create the mix. So like you'd start off with like Toad the Wet Sprocket or something that's just kind of like light and oh, fun. This, and this is kind of get you like, hey, like, like let's talk. Let's, like, get, let's to get to know, know each other. Song from Friends or something. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I'll, little, little Rembrandt's I'll Be There For You. And oh. then like about the 45, 50 minute mark. Oh, it's all in you. Oh, my We're just, goodness. This, yeah. this is late 90s. Like that, you know, that, that really yeah. gets people in the, in the mood to have a good time that evening. Right, right. And, <laughs> and But at some point, you'd have to have a little cred music on the mix, too. So you sometimes you'd go from, like, All for One into Glycerin by Bush. Yeah. Because it's, like, oh, kind of sure. slow and romantic, but it's like, I'm cool. I, I listen to Bush. Yeah. It's yeah, you got Tonight, Tonight, The Smashing Pumpkin. Absolutely. Oh, great Absolutely. one. Absolutely. <laughs> That's so, a great one. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, if you'd like me to make you a mixtape, just hit me up. I will gladly create you a mixtape. Yeah. Of all late 90s hits. That's right. That, that, that are barely, that. you can barely even listen With to With a now. little bit of Susan Boyle. Yeah. And what's crazy is that in 15 short years... There is now not even a CD disk drive on my computer, and it makes me mad. Isn't that crazy? Uh, 15 years. That man. is really crazy. Um, I would also, can I say something about the um, their re- uh, compilation? Yeah. I didn't realize they're seasonal, 
Yeah. And I realized this on the last one, but this one feels like fall. It does, doesn't it? It does. It kind of makes you feel like, uh, I don't know, whatever feel fall makes you feel yeah. like. Which, yeah, like typically like this. Angry? Does it make you angry? We, we have a, diff- <laughs> we have a different kind of fall. Yeah. <laughs> we still go swimming. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of death metal on this one. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's a horror, My fall mix rap. would have a lot yeah. of death metal on it. My fall mix would just be silence. Poor Shauna. <laughs> angry <laughs> silence. Poor Shauna. <laughs> uh, movie release is coming out Friday, October 24th. There's a lot of really weird holidays. Halloween horror movies coming out watch. that I'm just not even going to talk about. I don't but watch there, anything scary. There is one movie that I'd like to talk about. John Wick starring Keanu Reeves. Oh, that's going to be really good. Um, haven't heard from Keanu in a while. Uh, mm. Jesse, what do you think John Wick is going to do on Rotten Tomatoes? You know, knowing almost nothing about it other than it stars Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Whoa. 87%. <laughs> We're talking the Keanu Reeves, right? We are talking the Keanu Reeves. 87%. All right, there you have it. All right, well, wow. that's going to do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Slices. Feels like a Portions of this week's podcast are sponsored by World Vision. Our friends at World Vision have been serving the church for over 60 years as it serves the world's most vulnerable. Together with the church, they work to bring a full solution to the root causes of poverty, addressing some of the greatest needs of our day, including the crisis in the Middle East and the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. World Vision believes God is calling us to the world's hardest places in this time of unprecedented need. Invite your church to join with World Vision in the margins and bring hope and transformation to those suffering around the world. To find out how you can get involved, visit worldvision.org slash church. You're listening to Waters. The song is Got to My Head. It's from the album It All Might Be Okay. Well, that's reassuring. Well, maybe Thank not. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Stars with the song This Is The Last Time, and it's from their new album, No One Is Lost. Gotta love stars. Except for the ones that were left behind. Man, I wish it all been ready. It's still, that movie is still haunting me in, well, in not the right way. You know, I've been thinking about I think I was a little harsh on Left Behind. You th- oh, Do you really? Really? <laughs> well, well, because... Did you I, re-listen to the segment and, 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 and come to that conclusion? I re-listened to the segment, and I came to the conclusion not based on what I was saying, but based on the kindness of Jesse Carey and realizing <laughs> I didn't elevate the level of discourse to a place that I hoped it would go. I was just kind of really critical. Now... And Jesse, of course, tries to see the the silver lining in things and is much kinder, I believe, just genuinely in his heart and soul than I am. I, I don't know about that, but, but I still when don't know. it came to this particular film, maybe. Yeah, I think that when somebody quoted me as saying, this is not a movie, I think that's when I realized, you know what? I think maybe I was a jerk. But you, but you did give props to the people that mailed it. Yeah, there was a lot of shipping involved. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I don't... I mean, I don't know how nice Jesse is. I think at the end of the day, it's more his his the small chance that Nicolas Cage may listen to the podcast. He oh, yeah. just wants to be I, in good standing. It's not even because I want to impress him. I, he's not a man that I want. I want to be on his bad side. Yeah. <laughs> right. smart, you know? smart play, there, right. Jesse. Smart yeah. play. I mean, all of you have. Yeah, you, 
you've made a, a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Jesse. You're totally right. I'm. That was a great, pretty great movie. All right, here we go. It's time for slices. Uh, Jesse, what do you got, buddy? All right. So if you live in the town, uh, the 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 California town of Wasco, or in the neighboring towns like Bakersfield. You may want to be on the lookout. <laughs> there is a legion. <laughs> there is a legion of homicidal clowns on the loose. Oh no! And I wish I was joking, but I'm totally not. Uh, it all started as some sort. Okay, we live in an era because of the internet where anything can call any anybody can call something a social experiment or a performance art project. And post funny pictures or a video on the internet and get away with it. You know what I mean? Like they can do <laughs> terrible pranks and post them and make them YouTube videos because they call them social experiments or say they're performance art and post it online and get attention. And that's what one couple in Wasco, uh, California has done by going around town and, uh, posting Instagram pictures of themselves in different locations, and one of them is dressed as, as a clown straight up from your nightmares, like, like from the depths of the nightmare zone. Okay, so uh, th- th- this couple is anonymous, and it's not like they make their appearances announced, and they haven't really told what the point of the, their art project is. Mm. But this clown has been seen wandering around the town of Wasco. Uh, but the, the couple that's apparently behind it has told local newspapers that, uh, you know, it, it's all sort of this performance art piece. Unfortunately, they've inspired a legion of not so high minded copycats. Uh, in Wasco and neighboring towns, there have been clowns seen walk- <laughs> walking around with machetes and baseball bats. Oh my god! Jeez, the wee. Uh, some of them, some police have even uh, there have been reports of cl- clowns that have armed with guns that are walking around these towns late at night, like around playgrounds, carrying balloons <gasps> and just straight up terrifying things. That uh, is messed up. If you look up the Wasco up. clown on- online, you can see images that people have posted, and these these copycats that have been inspired uh, uh, don't play the, by the same rules as the, the Wasco art clown. Uh, I, there's been at least one arrest made uh, by a teenager who was literally chasing children around as a scary oh. clown with weapons in the middle of the night. No way. Uh, and and uh, police in Bakersfield are looking for at least 20 more that have been reported around town that are just walking around attempting to terrify the residents. This is why I I just I hate Halloween for this reason I I just yeah. so weird to me. Who well, and can you can you actually get thrown in like can you get thrown in jail for being scary? Well, well, the the police in Wasco they they investigated the 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 first like the original clown, and even though they they never questioned him, they said to our knowledge this person this individual has has uh you know committed no crime, but the the arrest that was made of. A, yeah, a of a fourteen year old, and I read this on a couple of of of, of websites, including the, this one I'm looking at is the News Hour website from PBS uh, to see what the individual that the one person that has been arrested, what was he charged with? Mm-hmm. He, Clown, yeah, he was clowning around, with, clowning around, yeah. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Next there slice, you go. Yeah. keep going. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had he, he, he was he was one of several people that were charged for cramming too many of his friends into a punch buggy. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was like 40 people. There was 40 clowns. In there. <laughs> they just kept coming out. They just sent them right. To, it was like a paddy wagon. They just drove it right to jail. 
No, uh, <laughs> the kid, the kid. That this is either terrible jokes. I Don't stop. This is as good as it gets. I love it. Eddie, Eddie, and Chad were just on the edge of their seat yeah. for that clowning around comment. They were just waiting for it. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> now, <laughs> no, no, he, he, no. In all seriousness, he was charged with being a bozo. <laughs> No, oh, these are they're just going to get worse from here. No, 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 um, but seriously. What was, no, but, what was the what were no, the charges? In all seriousness, the, the real charge was annoying a minor. Oh, wow. Which I did I, not I, know I, that was a crime. Annoying a minor. I feel like all parents would be charged with that. Like, <laughs> like oh. my kids would be in jail for annoying each other. You can't just walk around with a machete though. Well, you can. Well, I think I don't think there's any. I I, th- I think in most places there aren't laws preventing you from walking around with a machete. Huh. Yeah, but like, I don't think you can just threaten people with it. But if I were just walk down the street with a machete, I don't think that's a crime. And, and unless I were to annoy a minor with, yeah, them. if you're chasing kids though, then that has that has intent. You can be charged with intent to do something. Uh, I was on grand jury, but I, I but I think they would have to prove that you had intent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the machete was made out of a balloon, though. It was like a tight <laughs> balloon. So. I don't know. I don't think anybody was that afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, but but no. So this one individual was charged with annoying a minor. But uh, so police are cracking down. They're looking for these terrifying armed clowns that are wandering the streets. So uh, be warned if you live in those California towns. The clowns are out getting you. And if you're one of the clown pranksters, the police are now after you. So I don't see this ending well, man. For anyone involved, crazy. Yeah. And no one, yeah, Jesse, that was really be safe out there. Proud moment for you. All right, Shauna, what do you got? Okay, I I don't even want to talk about this because it. That's a great me way to start. So a, it's a great way to start a slice. I don't even like my slice, so let's go to Joy. No, it's not that I don't think it's an interesting and informative news piece. It's that it makes my like my flesh is crawling just thinking about it. Okay, so uh, a woman named Daniela. She's Scottish. She was traveling for a month in Vietnam and she started getting nosebleeds. Um, she thought that maybe she had burst a blood vessel after falling off, her, off a motorcycle. Sometimes she would see something sticking out of her nostril. God almighty. Okay. Nope. We need a new, nope. We need a new thing now. Nope. I cannot. <laughs> I'm muting you, Shona. I'm muting you. I, was, I know where this is going. I know going. where this is going. This she is She figured it was just congealed blood. God almighty, Daniela. And she would just Scottish sniff people. it back up. Oh. Gosh. Okay. But then she went back to Scotland Looked in the mirror, realized uh, oh. it was not congealed blood. No, 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 no. God, Shauna, just do it, do it, just rip off the bandage. Yeah, it, it was off. a three-inch-long leech, nope. oh. as wide nope. as a thumb. No, who can have that in their nose and not know? Yeah, wait, and you said that no. she had to go back to Scotland and look in the mirror. Like she didn't look in the mirror before that. <laughs> I have so. How many big questions. was her nose? Why <laughs> is her name? Why is her name with an A and not just regular Danielle? Why does it have to be like that? <laughs> but the doctors at Edinburgh's Royal Infirmary were were able to pull the leech out. Oh, and, 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 and how often is she getting dried things on her nose the size of a thumb that it wasn't that much more of a concern to her? And it doesn't it move? And who has the who just sucks it back in their nose? <sighs> and you know how when you read the comments of something new, you, usually they're just totally bonkers. And this one, the comments are actually really sensible. One of them is just a guy that says in all caps, nope. 
like yeah, 500 right. times, yeah. which is exactly how I feel like, nope, 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 uh, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to think about it. Another person commented, and I think this is, um, why did she tell someone about this and why are we reading it on the news? Like, if this happened to you, yeah. wouldn't this be the best kept secret you ever had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't tell my husband. I mean, the, oh, was I at the doctor? No, I was not. I right. was at the getting a pedicure. Yeah, yeah. This <sighs> this is the thing that you pull out in like twenty years when you're when you're at like a Christmas party for your staff, and it's like, hey, tell us two things you don't know about your coworker, and you're like, well, there was this one time like twenty five years ago that I had a leech in my nose, but you don't talk about it right now, <laughs> right? Like she's twenty four years old. Is she ever going oh, on a date again? Wow. Yeah. Like if you I, ever Google her name, yeah. like for the rest of your life, she's no longer. Like w- whatever that she's going to become in 15 years, you know, advertising executive, you know, mother of four, you know, polit- local politician. She's always going to be that backpacker who got a leech up her nose. And it's yeah. all she is it. leech in the nose forever. Yeah. And I was picturing her at least like in her 60s. But if she's 20, she's a 24 year old with either a huge nose or very small thumbs, because that just doesn't <laughs> even make sense to me. Very small. Unbelievable. Thumb. That's a great point. This is a great point because even a, a tiny thumb, I still think, is pretty noticeable. <laughs> even in my three-year-old's thumb, I would notice it in my nose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be quite honest, you notice everything in your nose. Like even if it's yeah. just a little, you know, a little boogie, like you're going to notice that. Much less a a, a, a leech. leech. And the fact that she would see something sometimes and just sniff it back up. Oh. That, that's an error of judgment that I it makes me ask questions about her. Yeah, how does, it, how does it get there? And what is I mean, what's her whole there's a lot to her. I wish we could get her get her on, on the line. Phone. Yeah, maybe we yeah, could. We're gonna want to interview her. This yeah. isn't setting anything up. Yeah. We don't we don't have her, but I'd like to know like what were you doing traveling around? I mean, I'm, I'm all about traveling, but what what's your story? Yeah. And next time, take Kleenexes, you know? Oh. And don't. And why assume. did it take getting back to Scotland to look at a mirror? Right. And falling off a motorcycle would not hurt the inside of your nose. It, it, like, we're not even, her, her rationale isn't even working. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, this sounds like a horrific motorcycle accident. <laughs> that only and Somehow hurt. she thought it was responsible for, for the, the weird feeling in her nose. For capillaries inside of her nose. Oh, that is absolutely disturbing, Shauna. Shauna that was a great yeah. slice. It was completely You're disgusting. Welcome. It was yeah. disgusting, but it was really thought provoking. Oh, man, Eddie uh, left, a, left a lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> it, really, it really did. There's some room for follow up there. Well, Eddie, you need to get us out of this because what Shauna just brought was absolutely disturbing. <laughs> All right. All right. So Nigel the parrot, <laughs> uh, Nigel the parrot. He is an African gray parrot that can speak, not on his own, but you know they mimic like parrots do. Sure. And so Joy, like, just do your parrot voice. I'm sure you've got one you're improver like oh wow eddie right exactly um that was perfect i didn't even <laughs> perfect. She just, has a cold now just to kind of dial that in joy um uh the nigel's owner darren was british so he's a british speaking parrot hello nigel bingo so uh one day of course nigel disappears and we couldn't be sadder about this and then uh darren's local veterinarian calls him because uh nigel the parrot had been microchipped and apparently was found after being gone for four years except he goes and he gets nigel the parrot right and now nigel speaks spanish (laughs) and and refers to a man named larry all the time because apparently in the four years that like that nigel the parrot had been gone he'd lived for years four years he had learned spanish from a man named larry how long do parrots live 
Uh, African gray parrots, according to internet, a very long time. <laughs> Joy, how exactly? Hold on, Nigel. Bingo. So, <laughs> um, anyhow, so Nigel the parrot now uh, speaks of a man named Larry, speaks Spanish, and after a period of readjustment, Nigel, uh, well, Nigel unfortunately bit uh, Chick, his previous British owner, the first time he tried to pick him up. But the bird has settled back in, and he's doing fine. Um, but but still uh, speaking Spanish, though he's speaking a little bit of both now. At this point, he's just a bilingual African gray parrot. This, this is such a fascinating story. I think this might be season two of the new serial podcast from NPR. <laughs> <laughs> like, th- like what happened to this parrot in four years? What happened to this four years? Where is Larry? Um, why does he speak Spanish? There's a lot to that. There is a lot to it. So uh, that's my slice. And I just listened to 12 hours of that. I just want to say um, (laughs) microchip your pets. Uh, Joy, do you have any final last words? I just want to say that by next week, I will have nailed a uh, Mexican uh, sentence with a British accent. Okay. So I'll get that done. Hey, not just to call you out as a terrible person, but it's just a Spanish sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Because a lot of the world speaks Spanish that's not from Mexico. Joy. (laughs) Considering considering that the the bird was in in the UK, I think it more likely went to Spain than Central America. Jesse, you don't know if he didn't fly to Mexico. Maybe I have insider information, and that's why I said that. I was giving you a tip. Classic (laughs) Joy. Season two of Serial Podcast. You'll find out. I'd say this is going well. I'd say say for as disturbing as that slice is, I mean, it's way better than Shauna's slice. At least got me like not thinking about the leech for five minutes. It (laughs) certainly wasn't as disgusting. I think we can say that. All right, Joy, what do you got? Okay, well, uh, of all the slices, I feel like um, Nigel was probably the only person that might be on this app that I'm about to talk about. I don't think the clowns or uh, what was her name? Daniela? Daniela. Daniela. She definitely would not be on this app. So are all of you guys familiar with Tinder, the dating app? Uh, I've heard of it, but only like in joke form. What is it? It's proximity based. You know, since I do relationship stuff, I have to research all this stuff, you know. Uh, (laughs) I've set up numerous fake profiles. (laughs) Love and respect one. Numerous men in my research. Love and respect two. Totally, totally. (laughs) Unicorn princess four. Keep going. (laughs) Um, So Tinder is a location, like a proximity based app where it pulls up people in your area, which is freaky, but you swipe left if you don't think they're attractive, right if you think they are. It's very shallow, but hey, it gets the job done. Oh, okay. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Um, But it's very popular. And um, and so there's been um, a lot of knockoff uh, apps. And this one that came across my attention, which is just blowing my mind right now, it's called Luxie. And it's Tinder minus the riffraff. Um, it, it, so the CEO who is remaining nameless, like he's, he doesn't want anyone to know who he is. <laughs> That's um, always a good sign it, for a company. Yeah, really? Yeah. He's like, um, it works just like Tinder with one big, big exception. Our app allows users to weed out the poor and unattractive. Oh, no. Stop. Yep. yep. It's only for rich, attractive people. And it's, but the thing is, you know what? Like the, you know, um, man, I cannot remember that girl's name. Daniela. 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 The A at the end is really throwing me off. Sometimes I just feel like articles like that are maybe a lie. Maybe I'm just a skeptic, but I feel like there's holes in this because the CEO saying that no one on this app um, makes less than $200,000. And then I've read other articles that are like, they haven't been able to track, like put that part in where people put how much they make. So essentially it's just people who can act like posers. I'm sure that the people that are on this app are just people who are like, 
majorly in debt because they just spend money on crazy things. And they have like, they literally have screenshots of people communicating like you would on Tinder. (laughs) And it's like this girl going, Hey, your private jet looks cool. And then he writes back, thanks. Can I invite you to fly with me? Like get in my trunk. (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, it was a little disturbing for me, but um, none of you guys obviously have to deal with dating in the 21st century. And so that made me just want to, um, well, feel bad for myself, but then ask you guys <laughs> either, to, either to tell like a bad dating story or how you actually met your spouse well, in 60 seconds or less. I went on this one day and uh, there was this really awful mixtape that somebody had made for <laughs> me. Oh, they were so hot. And things just went downhill from there. Yeah. I, I dated this girl one time and like I, I would, you know, she was like stuffed up or, or she had like a head cold or something. <laughs> Turns out, turns out she had a three inch leech on her nose. It was just, it, I ended it there. Yeah. I didn't want to be with someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Daniela. No, no, no. Topic, yeah. I dated this really sweet, uh, this really sweet British girl, and then called her back, and then, like it was like four weeks later, and all of a sudden, f- fully speaking Spanish. Fully speaking Spanish. <laughs> Are these helpful stories, Joy? They're so good. They're Joy, so good. I, I have I the really... wor- I have the worst dating story, and I don't uh, like I all uh, for dating Brienne. Like I just really liked her, and then I switched my major in school and took all of the same classes as her, and did everything basically with her. And then I think I just wore down her spirit over the course of many years, and then finally she acquiesced to marry me. So I have no good dating stories because I was just like this. I love her. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, and see, then, and that's so, it's like, what's the, in, for some women, that's really romantic. For other women, it's highly creepy. It's where, yeah. where is that line? I think it may have been a mix of both. <laughs> I don't, I'm not certain that it was highly romantic when not totally creepy. Um, I mean, it, you know, the, the restraining order, right. briefly. <laughs> Right, you like put a hamper on the relationship. Yeah, but, the good uh, good thing is there's a little loophole, and restraining orders don't count for weddings, and so we were able to, you know, yeah, push through. And yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, when Aaron and I, when he asked me out on our first date, I brought another guy, so that was a strong start <sighs> to our, our relationship. No. Yeah. Did you know it was a date? No, I did not, and that's the important part about it. He Shana. will tell people. Oh my gosh, I asked her out on a date and she brought another guy, but I maintain that he made it sound like we were like carpooling to the same destination. Shauna. For convenience sake. Shauna. And so I thought, as long as we're carpooling, why don't I bring this guy I like? I don't even believe that oh. you believe what you're saying right now. <laughs> no, you, so you liked true. the guy you brought? Oh, absolutely. We all worked together. And I thought that my colleague was inviting me to run errands in the city all day long. Oh, Shauna. And I thought, he's fine, I think. (laughs) I don't know. I will bring the person on whom I have a crush. And I did not realize that Aaron had planned a long day of many activities that could possibly be romantic if you had not brought another guy. Wow. wow. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get another setup for our picnic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, totally. Hold on. Yeah. Just one second. <laughs> really sucks, then, too, because I had made him a great mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> and then we did not go out again for another year. Really? Wow. And it, it set us back a year. So what did wow. you say then when he asked you out a year later? Well, I was again, he was not super clear. And so I was not sure it was going to be a date or not. And I but I really liked him. And I had it in my mind, like, 
if he brings our friend Kelly, because we're all good friends and Kelly's a guy, if he brings Kelly, we're just going to watch Dumb and Dumber one more time. Do not get your hopes up. So <laughs> I think it's a date, but I am not sure at all. But of course, I bought a new outfit, but then I didn't want to look like I was trying too hard on my new outfit, so I didn't wear it. And then I finally got there and I realized, no, this is absolutely totally a date. And then everything you're was like, fine. can I go home and change real quick? <laughs> yeah, I have a killer outfit that I am not currently wearing. <laughs> yeah, but that first that first date really added some time to our whole equation. Man, that's crazy. Well, I don't know if Aaron picked you up in a 20-year-old VW Bug, but if he did, he would not last long in Luxie because it says, if you show up in a 20-year-old VW Bug and request to meet at McDonald's, you won't last very long on Luxie. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> I know. It's so sad. So that is sad. A, that is kind of a bummer, though. And I don't mean to like bring it down, but like Bree and I got public subs and went to a park for our first date. Did you? Like, the total totality of our date was ten under $10. Yeah. And was, but I will say this. Public subs are really good. Oh, they're, they're fantastic. really good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're expensive, so you know you were investing. Yeah, and she could get any two toppings she wanted. <laughs> and, yeah, I was going to spring for chips and a drink if she wanted it, you know? It just adds an extra dollar ninety nine. She's my lady. What's the big deal? (laughs) And you know what? I actually think, though, this Luxie app, it probably is going to produce a lot of long-term marriages because it's literally only going to be the most shallowest people in Mm -hmm. the world doing it, and they all they can have is each other. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I... You know, I've read Love and Respect, of course. It's one of you know Thank just you. one of the great books of all time. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I was always surprised that um, there wasn't more discussion about knowing each other's portfolio before marriage <laughs> and kind of judging a person based on that. Oh yeah, that's how my dad got my mom. Was you know all the cars, all the cars. <laughs> all the cars. <laughs> that's how E Train locks her down. That's how, yeah. he does it. that's how he does what he does. Oh man! All right, well that's gonna do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next. We get some guy named Chris Tomlin on the phone. Stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of fun. Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Midwestern Seminary, a school unashamed about its sacred calling to train and equip men and women for the church. Midwestern Seminary offers undergraduate and graduate courses that are available both online and on the beautiful campus in Kansas City. For more information, visit mbts.edu. You're listening to Waterfall. That is Chris Tomlin. That is from the upcoming album, Love Ran Red. Now, speaking of Chris Tomlin, uh, we just had a phone call here in our studio. And guess who was on the other line, Eddie? I I hope it's Chris Tomlin. It's going to be disappointing <laughs> yes, for everyone. It, Chris Tomlin is on the line with us. Welcome to The Relevant Podcast, Chris Tomlin. Hey, man. Good to be with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time. So, um, so here's the thing. If you don't know who Chris Tomlin is, and I'm, and I'm speaking to all of us here, you should be ashamed of yourself because <laughs> Can I I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to read down a real, few things. Real here. quickly, is there a person on, I mean, 
on earth that has not heard of Chris <laughs> I Tomlin? I don't think so. Okay. The guy's got 12 number one radio singles, a Grammy Award with eight additional nominations, three Billboard Music Awards, 21 Dove Awards, <laughs> five gold and two platinum digital singles, one platinum and four gold albums, 15 of the top 100 CCLI songs, with four of them being in the top 10. He's had 13 million album and digital sales, and it's estimated that more than 40 million people sing his songs each week, a statistic that moved Time Magazine to proclaim him likely the most often sung artist anywhere. Chris, how's that sit with you? <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Well, wow, that's a quite a... That, that, that's quite a little rundown. I don't know how that sits with me, man. I... Uh, Honestly, man, I'm just I'm. It's it's incredible when I think about you know all the people writing great songs and great music. I'm honored to be in the in the just with a lot of those guys. And you know the Time Magazine little quote that's crazy. And to think that that they would say that you know there's a lot of people writing a lot of great songs that have found their way in the church. And to be a part of that is it's quite an honor. And to be honest with you, man, on all those little things, any kind of awards, you know, what it comes down to for me at the end of the day is when it when a song finds its way into the church and finds its way into people singing it, maybe not even the church, but in their in their own lives, in their car, or wherever, and it becomes just a song to sing to God and worship God, you know, and it, it goes past me and they're not thinking, oh, it's a Chris Tomlin song. It's just It just becomes a song they sing to God. That's, that is... That's so beautiful to me, and that's worth more than any kind of record sales or anything because that's kind of where it started for me is trying to write songs that people could sing and give voice and give voice to people to worship God. And at the end of the day, I'm still trying to do that, you know, all these years later. And so, I, I uh, that, that's definitely what I pray for and hope for. Yeah, and, and I I hear that, and I feel like. I love that you kind of are diffusing all of that through the people that are that are enjoying the music and able to worship and sometimes don't even connect your name to it. But the reality of it is, I mean, you kind of are in that pantheon of Fanny Crosby, Isaac Watts, Charles Wesley. I mean, you are, in many ways, you are generation's hymn writer. What is that like for you um, when you sit yeah. down and you put pen to paper and you realize that what you're writing is going to... Some people aren't even going to know that this is a Chris Tomlin song. That this is just going to be sung by millions of voices um, for years long, and years long to come. past you. What? How, how, yeah. What is that like for you? I take it great responsibilities. I, I really appreciate you asking me that question. Not a lot of people ask that question. I guess that's why you guys work relevant and, and are better than most people. <laughs> but um, that's the real I, reason uh, we had him on the show. We, we just that soundbite. Yeah. Got it. That's my new ringtone. Thank you. <laughs> Um, no, I, but that's an important thing because I, I do I sit down and and, to, and add a piano or a guitar. I'm really I take great responsibility when I make a record like this new album, Love Written Red, or the albums that come before. When I'm when I'm working on a new project, I take great responsibility in that. And the things I talk about out loud is is like I just say I really am not interested in this if, if it's just a hit song or. Going there, I really want this to be something that I take responsibility that this will be something that people can sing. And and what I mean by that is is that I was just recently walked into this little church that was out of uh, I was in Florida actually, and I just was in, on a Sunday and I wasn't leading anywhere. And I and I found this small little chapel, walked in the back, and they started singing um, one of my songs, and it was this little guy on acoustic guitar. And then the next song was another song that I had written, <laughs> and it just hit me like, it really hit me strong. It's like, okay, 
it's one thing for these songs to translate with a great band in an arena with big lights and all that, but to translate in a in a little room of 50 people in a church mm. that I have no contact with or anything, and to see how these songs work there and that they're accessible to people, that's the kind of responsibility I hold, and that's what I pray for, and I pray that God would give me songs. I always feel like there's good songs, there's great songs, and there's God songs, and I'm looking for those God songs that go past that that just somehow have a real touch of God on them. And that's not, the, it's not that they're better written. I mean, if you look at a lot of my songs that have been so popular, it's not that they're this like crazy crafted song. It's just something that has a real touch on them that is accessible to people and people it, it resonates with people in a special way. And that's the responsibility I take when I when I when I look at choose songs when I'm trying to find out what are the best songs for an album, what are the best songs that I want to be, you know, putting out and and, and for people to experience and hear. Chris, some, some of the song, I mean, the whole new album is, is great. And, and But the, some of those songs like you, you were talking about, you, that the first time as a listener you hear it, you know, this is one that I, I think I'm going to be hearing in, in, on Sunday mornings for a long time to come. Yeah. A song like Waterfall. When, when you pen yeah. a song like that, do you know this is one of those songs that I really feel like is going to have a connection with the church? You know, I, yeah, when a song like that is, you know, I feel like we'll have a connection in the way of, it's definitely a younger song, like a song like Waterfall, it's got this a definitely younger feel. I don't, I don't know if the, uh, you know, if the Episcopal Choir is going to be singing that one, but like, <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, it's got this great, um, I don't know, it's got a great melody, a very current uh, melody to it that is, that's very relatable, I think, to so many people. And but but it's saying something too, you know. It's it's it, that's what's so important. It's like even when you have a great melody and like it's so singable and like oh, instantly I can sing that and I remember that and you know and but it, but what it's saying is is, is so in, important to me. It's, it's not just all oh, this little just throwing out any kind of language there. But you know that song you know was inspired through a psalm that says um, you're you know deep calls the deep in the roar of your waterfall and it's like this. In the midst of the desert places, in the in the journey of like, des, you know, where everybody feels kind of finds himself in these desert places and these places of dryness, and like, where is God? That the uh, the the love of God, the grace of God, is is a like a waterfall in those times, and, it's, and he's an ocean to your soul. That's kind of my favorite lyric of that song. He's an ocean to my soul, and. Oh. In the midst of a dry time, and and, and so in the, that, that that whole thing can be lost in, in a great beat and a great melody, and so I try to I try to bring both together, you know, the the heart of it, the guts of it, and and also something that's very uh, fun to sing. I want to take a second real quick and just play a clip of one of the songs on the new record. Um, this is a song called "Jesus Loves Me" off the brand new Chris Tomlin record. Chris, you said that you don't think that you can write a more intimate song of grace than that song, Jesus Loves Me. 
Um, what does the songwriting process look like for you? Is it you sitting down with the word open and just kind of reading and meditating on scripture? Is it you just getting in your car and taking a drive? Is it you having a conversation with your family or your friends or, or people in your church? What What is it that inspires you to write song after song? And, and I know that I, I read a lot of stats at the beginning and, and, and you might deflect those statistics, but the statistics say something that 40 million people are singing your songs and have been singing your songs. I mean, this is your, this is your 10th studio album that you've put out. How do you just keep coming up with these songs? Well, that's a good question again. I mean, a few, a few different ways, and a lot, a lot of it is being still. I know you're like, wow, that's a genius. <laughs> but just, and that does, but I don't think that that happens a lot in life. And, it, and for me, it has to, I, I might get inspired by a scripture. Usually the songs that seem to be, seem to last are those that, that, that from me, that have come from me, that seem to resonate with people, have usually started with some kind of scripture, some kind of, some kind of passage, Psalm 104, I was reading that, and it says, You, O Lord, are very great. You're clothed with splendor and majesty, and you wrap yourself in light. And I was, and that, How Great Is Our God came out of that. You know, they, I could go on and on and on. So many different scriptures of, of Holy is the Lord out of Isaiah 6 and different different places. And then something will, I'll see something, and, I, and, it, and then I just kind of get with my guitar or to the piano, and I try to get in a quiet place and just start singing out to God, maybe something that's been inspired through those scriptures or something, or, or I hear something at church and the pastor says something and it just really resonates with me. It's like, oh my goodness. Or sometimes it's like, I feel there's a need. A song like, I Will Rise. I, when I wrote that, I felt like there was a need for something, for people to sing something that was, that they needed to sing, that, that, that they needed to sing at the gravesite, that they needed to sing in a, in a time of deepest sorrow. What was a song of hope in that moment? And so I was really with a purpose saying, what is a song of worship in the moment of, of deep sorrow? And so it comes to different places, but, the, but to me, the strength is, is collaborating with my friends. And I'm writing with um, some guys that we collaborate, and it's Matt Redman and Ed Cash and a guy named uh, Jason Ingram and mm-hmm. Ben Glover and Matt Marr and some of these guys that we are, I've been close to and have the same heart very like-minded of like we want to at the end of the day we want to write we want to be about songs that have the presence and the touch of god on them that that god uses in his church and that's and and so it's it's kind of coming around and saying hey i got this idea can you help me finish it or they might come to me with the same way and it's been an incredible strength over the last decade with um with, with writing with these guys well, I just I want to say, Chris, I I feel like the unique thing about worship music is like as I look up the songs that you've written, I'm like, oh, he wrote that song. Oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. But I don't associate in the same way you might be like, oh, that's that's a, the new Coldplay song is out. That's the yeah. beauty of the way you write worship right. music. It's it's for God, and you really right. there is a separation, and I appreciate that. But I guess uh, <laughs> one of the questions I have is, do you ever get to a point where obviously you're so gifted at this, but you get to a point where you're like, you know, I would just love to do a in-sync cover album, you know, or something, something different. Uh, do you ever get creatively tapped out in this genre? Yes, I mean, I mean, in-sync is what I've been trying to do for years. <laughs> I, I could tell. Yeah. I could tell. Yeah. Um, it's the next step. For oh you. my goodness! I, you know, I, I, it's interesting you say that because I come back. You know, I grew up on country music, and I'm so I know you're from Oregon. I know you don't understand that, but I, grew <laughs> I don't up, at all. <laughs> they don't even have it out there. It's not even a thing. Yeah, it hasn't made it out That's there even yet. Make it. It's blocked it on Spotify. Somebody, 
the radio waves just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand that, but I grew up on country music. I grew up in Texas. I mean, my dad taught me guitar, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, all the outlaws. That's what my dad loved. And so that's what, that's what I learned to play. And I love that music. It's in me. And I'm, I'm always like writing that songs in that way that no one ever hears. But at the end of the day, when, when I come back and I'm passionate about every time, and I've always, I go and I'm, I always have these wild, wild ideas. I'm just going to make this, you know, this, this album of country songs that I love and I've uh, written and, or something like that. And at the, I'm, it, honestly, I go to sit down and I start working on it and I'm just, I don't have the passion in it that I have when it comes to these songs. And I don't feel like I have the gifting um, when, I, when it comes to these songs of worship. And so I always end up going... Um, I always give them the idea, and I'm going. You know what? I think that's, that's a better idea if I, if I turned it this way, and it it's not. And then I start end up singing to God, singing singing to God. It turns into a worship song, <laughs> and so uh, it just seems to always come back that way because I think that's for some way weirdly wired that way, um, and have a passion for it. But there's there's something too, just the the, me- the mechanics of the songwriting. Because I was at. Um I was at Passion City a few weeks ago, and um, they did a song at the cross, and I was full yeah. on singing that song, totally into it. And then I realized afterwards, it's the third track on your album, so I've never heard that song before. <laughs> but I was fully like able to sing that and fully engaged. And is there something in the mechanics of songwriting that that makes that possible, or is this just fully the 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 spiritual overflow of the words uh, being penned? There's a mechanical thing to it, you know. I don't know how to describe it. I wish I could, mm-hmm. um, you know, and put it in a book and say, if you write, if you do this, this is what <laughs> helps people sing. Um, that would be, you know, I've always, I feel like just different people have different, they just hear melodies different, And but I'm always trying to write in a simple way. And so I, I come to it as a more of a mindset of I'm truly thinking about the audience. I'm really thinking about people. I'm looking at that congregation at Passion. When I'm when I'm in my mind, I'm thinking about a home group with just an acoustic guitar. I'm thinking about the people, not just thinking about me and like, oh, this is clever and cool and the most. And you know, I'm not thinking about what what is the what is the what will the critics think is is this a cool way of doing it? Oh, is this oh, I got to put this chord in there to make it more tricky. I'm thinking about is it translatable? Can can somebody sit at the piano and and or pick up the guitar and sing this? You know, I think about what is it about Amazing Grace that I always think about, like, that song. That's that's the most, probably one of the most famous songs in the history of the world, mm-hmm. and that it's so singable and so easy, and anybody can play it. If you learn to play guitar, you learn to play piano, you can learn, you can play that song in, in a day, and it's just so simple, yet it's so profound, the whole world can, the whole world sings it. And, and so it's kind of three things, if I could sum it up. It's, is, it, is it something that people can sing? Is it something that people need to sing, and is it something that people want to sing? And so that's that's why I'm always kind of going through that lens of: is, do they need to sing it? Is it important for us to say that? Is it what we want to say? And is it? But and then can we say it? Mm-hmm. And can can we sing it? Is it singable? Is it the average person who's tone deaf who can't clap on two and four? <laughs> can they? Guilty. Can they jump in? <laughs> can they? Can they jump in? And is it relatable? Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I look at. Yeah, I want to play a clip of that song as well that Eddie just talked about, At the Cross, Love Ran Red. Here it is from the new Chris Tomlin record. When my heart has peace with God and forgiveness, 
That's Chris Tomlin. That is the song At the Cross from the new record, Love Ran Red. You can pre-order the album right now on iTunes. It comes out on October 27th. Chris, um, we appreciate your heart. We appreciate what you're doing for uh, for the church and just the songs that you write and, and the way that you uh, live your life and it's just it's really inspiring it's really cool but we have some um we have some other questions we'd like to we'd like to ask you um you have equal of equal importance <laughs> to yeah. the church and listeners right yeah. so we're gonna do we're gonna do a, a relevant podcast lightning round with chris tomlin uh we uh all of us have contributed a few questions here and uh some of these are well yeah none of them are really that serious but yeah. we'll start with an easy one chris uh again lightning round so first thing that comes to your mind top of the dome top buddy. of the dome let's do this here we go if you weren't a musician, what would you want to be? Uh, real estate developer. Oh, wow. Chris Tomlin. <laughs> I was not expecting that. No, I'm just, I like a flipper. I, I like watching those flipping house, house shows. Yeah. Know, oh. They flip the houses. Absolutely. You're not you like know? a tycoon with like a top hat and a monocle. <laughs> you like, no, no, you're no, more no, of a no, property no, brothers no, no. type I, of guy. I, I, I want to I go in and, and, uh, and make a old dumpy house yeah. and, and flip it and make it cool. Okay, All that right. makes a lot more sense. I like sense. that. All right. Cool. Um, if you had to record an entire album using just one of the following instruments, what would it be? Didgeridoo, <laughs> sitar, or bongo drums? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can only use one, but you can layer it as many times yeah, as you want. Yeah, you can really yeah. explore. Yeah, you can, you can run it through a delay pedal and yeah. amp it up as often as you want. Whatever. Yeah, a line six, that thing. Yeah. Definitely the didgeridoo. I mean, what what an instrument. Okay, you know? good good choice. <laughs> Circular breathing. All right, next uh, yeah. next question. Hypothetical thought experiment for you, Chris. You are offered the power of superhuman foot speed. You would be able to run as fast as a car, but in exchange, the only beverage you're ever allowed to consume is Capri Sun. Do you take the deal? That's a good question. It's <laughs> a really good question for Chris Tomlin. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, man. Oh. No, I don't. I don't take it. You don't take the deal. No, because I, I, I have, I have to have iced tea. Okay. And oh. I can't, uh, and that's just gonna. I can't do it for the mm-hmm. rest of my life. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Next, next question. Would you rather join the cast of Dancing with the Stars or grow a David Crowder beard? <laughs> <laughs> Dancing with the Stars by a hundred. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> All right. David Crowder doesn't listen to the show. Don't worry. He's never. He doesn't know who we are. Um, Jesse would like to know: Do you know any magic tricks? <laughs> I don't. I, I I know I know zero. I wish I did, but I'm clueless. I, I, I can't even play cards. Oh man! So, well, I, I will say this: They could maybe enhance the whole. You know, it, it's a good icebreaker yeah. in a lot of scenarios. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like at the next big uh, passion conference, maybe some close magic or something. <laughs> Call up a volunteer. It'd be amazing you, like, if I did. I think it'd be amazing like to open up for myself on a tool. Just walk out, you know, and start yeah. and just kind of do stuff from the, and, you know, have, you know, have the saw somebody in half, and then, and then come out and do the music. It'd be pretty cool. That, that would somebody, be amazing. Louis, slice him in yeah, half. <laughs> Get him. Slice Louis Giglio in half, and then begin the show. <laughs> this is a great idea. <laughs> uh, okay, um, next question. What is the most embarrassing song, artist, or album on your iPod or iPhone? <laughs> song, artist, or album. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing that like one. you know if if your that, that phone if was ever stole stolen, iPhone, yeah. you would be like, don't look at that out, don't listen to that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's pronounced Kesha. I'm trying to think through. Cause, I mean, seriously, all the the only thing that's on my iPad right now and the iPhone is Elmo because of uh, uh, yeah my daughter. Okay. And, um, and I may I may I, I would say you know I, I, I mean for. You know, a guy who's trying to get street, street cred and 
being from Texas, <laughs> I, I think probably I have a little bit of Celine Dion on there. That I'm, oh, oh that is, yeah, that helps your street cred, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you just rock out to some My Heart Will Go On as you're flipping that house. It, it, it's, it's, it's the Texas Outlaws and Celine Dion that you have. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, the bookends. Yeah, uh, um, Chris, you mentioned that you have uh, a daughter, Ashlyn. Um, we found out, you know, she's what? She's three years old. Is that right, Chris? Three. three. Okay. Okay. What's What's more difficult, writing a hit song or potty training? Yeah. Oh, there is no question. There is no question. Potty training. Yeah. You are. <laughs> that's the right answer, Chris. That was a right wrong, <laughs> and you got it right. I was I was telling my wife this week. I was like, I don't think there's a harder task in life. Wow. And. <laughs> Yeah, we were just like that's how frustrated we've been. And by the way, I have a one week old now too. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! Man. Congratulations! Yeah. Good job, man! Congratulations! Are, are you sleeping yeah. at all right now? Uh, yeah, no, she she's been so good, man. I don't want to say it because all the m- moms would be like, "What?" But like, our Ashlyn was we didn't get much sleep with her. But our, this, our second daughter, her name is Madison, and she's um, last night she's. Six days old, and she slept five hours oh, straight, wow. and we were just like, yeah, we'll what in the world? We're going to edit that out. Yeah. That is really... <laughs> we're going to be upset about <laughs> that. That is amazing. That'll be breaking your CDs in half. Oh, that's funny. All right, here you go. Um, if you could swap lives with one current artist for a day, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. That's a, oh, my goodness. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, Again, it's pronounced Kesha. Kesha. <laughs> Don't pronounce the dollar sign. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe... Um, Maybe Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Uh, yeah, I, I just you know I was like I would like to know like what it would feel like to say I'm coming to a city and I have no promotion and no marketing mm-hmm. and I'm going to play however many nights I want to and sell out <laughs> however many venues that night. I could just play ten nights in a row, sell them all out. Then I'll say, and I don't tell you what city I'm going to till about two weeks out, and it's. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Would Would you take uh, Chris Gaines as another option, or would you just stick with Garth? <laughs> I mean, he had a pretty sweet. He had cool hair. The worst mistake in history of music. Yes. You can't. You can't ever do that, Chris. You didn't ask me for professional advice, but if don't ever do an alter ego, stick with uh, dance with the one that brought it you. It worked in. so well for Chris. Yes. All right. Uh, we have another hi- couple more questions, Chris. Uh, one more hypothetical thought experiment here. You can have the world's highest vertical leap for as long as you live. But in exchange, you have to wear oversized Jenko jeans every day for the rest of your life, including while swimming. Do you take the deal? <laughs> no, no chance. No chance. We're not. talking the highest vertical leap in the whole world, though. Who would take that? Who would care about jumping higher than everybody to have to wear that? Yeah, Jesse, yeah. Jesse Carey would take I that would deal. I would totally take that. The guy, def- <laughs> the guy defending his question, that guy would do it, Chris. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked anyone wouldn't take it, to be honest with you. But hey, tomato, tomato. Hey, you do what you do, Chris. Um, okay, two more. Uh, for the rest of your life, would you rather have little bubbles float out of your mouth when you sing anything or be off tune only when performing How Great Is Our God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, these are the hard-hitting questions you're not going to get anywhere else. Oh people don't have the courage God. to ask these. Little Somebody's brain is, like, messed up. Um, you're, welcome. you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, that was joy. Well done, Joy. Yeah, I'll take, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the... Uh, bubbles i think coming up okay yeah. <laughs> okay that would be kind of that's like a magic trick in it <laughs> there you yeah. go you can hide that. so interesting i mean just think about i mean i, th- I really think your tour sales would go up oh skyrocket like, we oh, want yeah. to see that yeah just, you'll, you'll even be, at, yeah. at carnivals you would kill you'd be, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, all right, last question for you, Chris. Uh, Eddie plays guitar and wants to know if he can join your band. It's a Taylor guitar, and I know I would say three quarters of all the chords. There, there's a pause with Chris, yeah. and now Eddie's just filling what the is, silence. What is your like? What is your stage presence? What is like? stage presence? I would say mostly uh, passionate, and uh, I, I also know a lot of the words from Cats the musical. I don't know if that's anything you're looking for. Let's just dream about it. Just send me your phone number, or like your personal phone number, and we'll talk about it later if that's yeah, cool. He's got a lot of audition tapes that yeah. he's been sending around. Well, yeah. one, more, one more question: What would you see yourself? Like, what would you be most comfortable wearing? Like, what do you like? To, what do you think when you're on stage? Yeah, Chris, that's it's getting personal. <laughs> whatever, now, he, whatever he wears, Chris, he sweats a lot on stage. Yeah, I do sweat a lot. Lot. As long as his vest. He yeah. has several vests that he'd like to incorporate, <laughs> bedazzled and otherwise. Right, that's kind of the whole okay. thing. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, look at. We'll just, we'll think about that. Yeah, cool. That. Chris is like, yeah, we'll, we'll chat about that one cool. offline, just, Eddie. Just text me, Chris Tomlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Tomlin, he's got a brand new album. It's coming out October twenty seventh. It's called Love Ran Red. You can pre order it right now on iTunes. Uh, you can find out more info at chrisTomlin.com. Follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Tomlin. And uh, Chris, you're going to be going out on tour pretty soon as well, right? I am, and we're gonna we're gonna take this on the road next year, 2015. Work on it right now, and uh, it's gonna be pretty much all over the U.S. throughout the throughout the year. So I look forward to seeing people wherever they are. Hopefully, we'll come to come close to them. Cool. Well, hey man, thank you for joining us. Thanks for what you're doing, and uh, we appreciate you being part of the Relevant Podcast today. Thanks, Chris. man. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. You guys are you guys are a blast. Thank you so much. You're listening to Cold War Kids. The song is Hot Coals. It's off of their upcoming album. comes out next week. It's called Hold My Home. Well, Peter Enns is a biblical scholar, theologian, and writer. He has written widely on hermeneutics, the relationship between religion and science, Christianity and evolution, and Old Testament interpretation. Like C.S. Lewis did before him, Peter Enns offers in his new book, The Bible Tells Me So, an accessible and intelligent guide for faithful Christians who love their Bibles to deal with the sometimes messy, sometimes contradictory, sometimes troubling stories and teachings we discover when we read Scripture closely and shows us how to encounter what God wants to teach us. Enns does not offer liberal or conservative choices as much as sage counsel for pilgrims on their journey of faith. The book, The Bible Tells Me So, recounts Enns' personal journey of how he threw off the distorting lens he received from others and how he learned to deal with and embrace God's word as it was actually written. Mm-hmm. You had a really interesting conversation with Peter this week, Eddie. Yeah, I, I was, I'm always um, curious what it's going to be like chatting with a theologian, yeah. especially one of his caliber. Uh, but he is such an accessible, kind, funny man, and he really does. You, you made the comparison to C.S. Lewis, yeah. and I'm sure that's a comparison that he would shrug off, but... Uh, he is writing things that are usually inaccessible for a normal guy like me to understand in ways that are very accessible. And I was grateful that um, he wrote the book and shared it with us. That's cool. Well, here is a portion of Eddie's conversation with Peter Enns. I 
I just want to ask you what your new book, uh, The Bible Tells Me So, is about. Because I think sometimes, as the interviewer, I can set up the book quickly and kind of give a synopsis. But I think I would do um, your work a disservice. So would you share with us the overarching theme and what you were trying to accomplish in the book? Well, the Bible, for, you know, for people who are you know, invested readers in it, whether sophisticated or not is not the point, but people who take the time to read it will uh, you know, quickly run up against all sorts of maybe challenges to uh, what they thought might be in there, uh, challenges to their way of thinking about God and maybe the Bible. Um, they find it can, be, it, it can be a challenging book. It's a very diverse book. Hmm. Um, it can even be a bit odd, in part because it's very ancient and hard to connect with. And um, a Bible like that, it, there's a tendency among Christians, and I, when I say tendency, I don't mean everyone, I just mean, you know, I, I see this, I live with this, I, 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 I've seen this, you know, put into practice. But uh, there's a tendency to, to want to defend the Bible, to sort of explain it, it's okay, and, and here's how we can sort of make it okay. Uh, I think the, the point of the book really is that we don't need to do that. We don't need to defend the Bible. We just have to sort of learn what it is and how it acts, to learn what um, we have the right to expect from it, rather than imposing our own expectations onto the Bible. And uh, to sort of try to illustrate that, I took what um, I thought are some of the more uh, difficult parts of the Bible for, uh, let's just say, the average reader, the kinds of questions that I get a lot. And to try to start with that as sort of a window into just looking at, you know, what is the Bible, and and what does it mean to read it well, and what are we supposed to do with it? To your point that we have a tendency to feel like we have to defend the Bible, where where does that come from? Why are we defensive uh, about, about this book? Well, you know, I mean, not everyone is defensive, but there's a tendency towards that. And um, you know, I'll be darned if I know where, where it comes from. Um, I, I mean, I have my suspicions, I have my theses, my hypotheses about where it may come from. And I think some of this is more a property of Protestant theology because, you know, we're the ones who really put our stakes in the ground with the Bible being... The, the, the absolute and final authority for everything to do with faith and life. And not all Christian traditions um, hold to a Bible like that. They, they, it's, they revere it. They treat it with, with great reverence and respect. They love it. Um, you know, it's the Word of God, no question about it. It's, it's you know, you don't make a move without it. But um, with, with Protestant theology, uh, and especially, I would say, conservative Protestant theology, maybe evangelical or fundamentalist, the Bible really has taken on a role of sort of an, uh, a, a, a book that gives us unerring historical information, um, unerring moral information, um, which can be difficult to sort of accept once you start to get down and reading some texts. And so what I want to do in the book is sort of branch out a little bit from that mentality and say, listen, respecting the Bible doesn't have to look like that. We can respect the Bible differently, partly by letting it be what it is and, and trying to derive different sorts of lessons uh, from, those, uh, from those difficult stories. For the average person that's listening to this, yeah. they, they, they may think, well, the Bible kind of 
is telling me metaphors and untruths two chapters in. How, how am I then to not throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and accept the rest of this as, as truth? Well, I, I still think Genesis is true, right? right. Uh, it's, it's, and, and, and metaphor and truth uh, don't depend on, let's say, a literal modern textbook historian's account of the past. Hmm. Um, one of the chapters I have, uh, one of the little mini chapters I have in, in The Bible Tells Me So is that stories work. Yeah. And, and stories are tremendous ways of accessing deep truth that you know, narrative or historical textbooks don't quite grab. Um, I, I think normal people, for example, um, can be moved to a, 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 a view of truth and a view of beauty and a way, a, a, a type of meaning through stories that you simply don't get through, let's say, clinical textbooks. Um, I know, I mean, personally, I mean, I'd much rather listen for an hour to someone who is trying to move and persuade me about something through telling of stories rather than reading a newspaper article to me for 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, I, that moves, that works better because we're people, we're storied people. That's how we, that's how we're wired. Jesus used parables. That's how he talked doctrine to the people. That's how he moved them. That's how he influenced them. And I think there's a tremendous lesson there to be learned for us. You are, a, you are a lone, not a lone voice in this, but you are certainly, uh, this cannot always be a popular message. Because I, I think that even people right now that are listening to this are going like, no way he just said that. I mean, you write in the book, the, yeah. bi- the, not, the Bible is not, never has been, and never will be the center of Christian faith. Um, and, right. you say, and you continue to say, it's not the final word, Jesus is. Right. And I agree with you, uh, but just in our couple of minutes together, um, you have—I <laughs> think you have a tendency with this message and with your uh, studying and knowledge of the Old Testament and your extensive work in the hand-in-hand relationship with science and theology to ruffle feathers. Um, how 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 does that sit with you? How are you? How do you handle? Uh, kind of walking through uh, every speaking engagement, every interview, and every book knowing <laughs> that this may not necessarily be universally cheered. Well, I'm very conscious of the fact, first of all, and, and um, you know, different venues are different opportunities to express yourself from different angles in different ways. You know, my, my purpose on this earth is not to make the world agree with me. Uh, my purpose isn't to ruffle feathers, but it's hard not to when you start digging into the Bible and writing books about God and the Bible. It's, it's actually very easy to ruffle feathers because many people have very strong opinions on these things because our lives are invested into it. So, But I, I do try to be very um, aware of context because not everyone is interested in having this kind of conversation. Mm. And to those people, I say, that's fantastic. It's not where you are. And, and, and you know what? If people are listening to this and they're saying, I'm not ready for this, you know what? 
the Lord bless you and keep you. We have my permission to put this on a shelf and not be too concerned with it until such a time where it becomes a conversation that you think is meaningful, meaningful to you spiritually, because we're all in different places. Mm. Um, there are people, however, whose faith is crumbling because these conversations are not being had. And those are some of the main people that I have in mind when I write like this. It's they, they want to get real. They, they want to say, listen, I can't keep juggling these balls and playing mind games with myself to make all these things fit into this nice, neat pattern that I see the Bible is just too complicated for. And, and what do I do? What's the next step? Well, you know, that's... That, that's that's a different level of, of discussion and, and you know one that I'm also very interested in having. That was Peter Enns. Again, his new book, The Bible Tells Me So, is out now. Check it out. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Pete Enns, P-E-T-E-E-N-N-S. And if you'd like to hear the full conversation that Eddie had with Peter, you can go over to the podcast page at relevantmagazine.com. You're listening to Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. The song is Cecilia and the Satellite. It's from their new self-titled album. It's a good song. Check it out. I just love some of the names of these bands that come out, man. And like, I love their music, but the name of the band, you can't say it without just chuckling. It's a lot of fun. Well, before we get to our feedback, I just got to tell you that uh, Joy and Shauna both had to step out. Joy uh, is frantically... Uh, prepping for her speaking engagement on Friday. So yeah. um, she asked if she could just, you know, not go through with the rest of this show, which <laughs> I felt like her contribution it. was okay. <laughs> and and Shauna, I, I fired Shauna off the show because of the the, 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 leech. the leech story. I just, I said, Shauna, we just don't need any more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, so both of them are gone. Yeah. Um, we'll, it goes. we'll miss you. It's time for your feedback. Last week we asked you after, of course, uh, watching The Left Behind film uh what is the worst movie you've ever seen great and question. give us a synopsis and if you want send us a link to the trailer on youtube uh we're, we're going to play a couple of our favorites uh so you went over to the the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com a few of you hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast and you said what was your least favorite slash worst movie that you've ever seen here are a few of our favorites well, uh, I, I want to thank Matt Monroe. I think that's it. That I pronounce his name because um, he reminded me of a film that I've actually seen that he posted, Birdemic. And uh, <laughs> I've lived it. Now I'll friend. read his description first. Uh, he and he, he says he honestly doesn't know how to give a synopsis of this movie. Okay, but uh, this is pretty accurate. Basically, a random guy achieves success, achieves random job success develops a romance with a random girl from his high school days, and then finds out birds are attacking society, aimlessly drives around in the van, hoping to escape the horribly fake and horribly annoying birds that are randomly flying around and killing people. Mm. That's a very accurate synopsis. 
the movie. Okay, Eddie, when you said that Left Behind was barely a movie, you know, <laughs> have I, I had I seen Birdemic? Would I have not said that? You, you would have definitely not said that. Uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna play some audio from the trailer here in a minute. I've actually had the privilege of seeing this film. It, it is the worst movie I've ever seen, uh, and it's. It, <laughs> In every possible way. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. From the audio of this trailer we're about to play, I think you'll you'll get an idea. Chad, do you want to uh, yeah. go ahead and play yeah. a, a little bit of that? Here's a clip of Birdemic. So, now you get a big payday with a big stock option, huh? Yeah, I earned it. All those big deals I did with NCT. Oh, no. Wow. And millions of dollars of revenues and sales. Well, you've done a great job, Rod. Riveting Rod. dialogue. Hi. A young software salesman on his way to achieving his Silicon Valley dream. Think about opening up a green tech company. Really? Meet Natalie, a beautiful young fashion model driven <laughs> by passion. I remember you now. You were my English class. I was. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Just wait. Throw true love into the equation and anything is possible. Here we go. It's about to take it. I was wondering if we can keep in contact. Sure. How big was the sale? One million dollars. What? A million? Uh-oh. In other news today, the population of polar bears is declining rapidly. Hi, my name is Jerry Owens. I'm from Solar Power Accessories. This morning, flocks wow. of seagulls and crows were found dead in downtown San Jose and along Highway 101. Hey, I thought I told you to stand back. These birds are contaminated. The crows and seagulls also caused an accident on Highway 101. Authorities are investigating the cause of their death. Rod, let's get out of here. This is terrible. This is awful. No, I it, it, it's it's actually really fun to watch. Yeah, I love the music change. Wow, that well, that looks is awesome. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, Jason Adams uh, gave us a good one. Firebirds, starring none other than Left Behind's own Chad Michael Murray, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh. Uh, this movie, he says, was a Top Gun wannabe featuring helicopters instead of jets. So how could it go wrong? <laughs> I saw this movie with a friend when it was in theaters in 1990. I was in high school and distinctly remember leaving the theater and talking about how horrible the movie was. Specifically, we discussed the horrendous acting performance we had just finished uh, witnessing from Nicolas Cage. We concluded that Cage would never be heard from again. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is a, a little clip from uh, Jason Adams' favorite movie, Firebirds. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Ooh. It's a real it's opening. A, touch so, so this is an actual start. film. Right. Yeah, I mean... So. These are pretty cool Apache helicopters. All right. <laughs> Danger zone! Yeah. It feels like now Top Gun. have a new objective in your lives to become masters of air-to-air combat This is exact, like okay, exactly like That's Tommy Lee Jones. It's literally That's Top Gun with helicopters. You have a problem with women in the Army, Preston? Not with all of them, sir. Aren't you forgetting something? You keep it. Come on, know. show me what you got. Gee, is this a quiz, sir? Your whole life's a quiz, young There's man. There's no volleyball, but there is boxing. Okay. This looks just like it is, Top Gun. It seems like a frame-for-frame frame redo of Top Gun, except with helicopters and boxing. So, uh, Jason Adams, <laughs> yeah. well played. That yeah. was terrible. <laughs> I, I actually want to see that now. <laughs> okay, real, real quick. I know, we, Chad, we didn't talk about this one, but I would like to throw to it. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Jordan Lee Bishop 
over the top with Sylvester Stallone. There's going to be a lot of debate that people don't think this is a terrible movie. Uh, but the, the climatic scene does involve him arm wrestling for the custody of his son. I've never seen it, but I've, I remember you and Adam Smith talking about it one time. <laughs> it's, it's a must-see. Yeah, okay, here we go. What are the odds on Lincoln Hawks? 20 to 1, pal. Real long shot. Hawks, let's go. The world meets nobody halfway. Yes. It's a very inspirational movie. Oh, oh, oh. The world has always bet against Lincoln Hawks. This guy's nothing. Why'd you leave us? It won't happen again. What my grandson found, I don't care how you do it, do it. But a winner never listens to the odds. Whatever happens, I want you to stay with him. This looks awful, Jesse. No, it's awesome. It, <laughs> Stallone plays a professional truck driver slash arm wrestler. I think I'm going to watch this one tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a must-see. All right, good stuff. All right, so this one comes to us from Zach Miller, uh, who said the worst, maybe the best movie I've ever seen, is The Ginger Dead Man, starring <laughs> Gary Busey. And yes, there is a sequel. Uh, I, <laughs> before we get into the sequel... I'm kind of interested <laughs> to see what the original is like. I just queued up the trailer, and I can already tell. Now I don't even have the audio on. That this is going to be fantastic, Chad. Let's see what let's see what the gingerbread dead man is in a quiet bakery. Oh, one oh, woman is about to confront her past. We gotta fight back. Oh, Busey, Gary Busey, yeah. He just stabbed Busey a man in the back. Numerous An people. unforgivable act of violence. It also says here that after they fried him in the chair, they cremated him. Oh my god! Sent his ashes to his He's mother in Coonsboro. He's baked Something into else dough. Something else was just stuck to the back porch too. Ooh. Must be that gingerbread season. Oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, so real quick, pause it one second. Okay, Chad. Yep. Okay, so here's what. <laughs> so the plot of this this film. Involves Gary Busey as a some sort of psychotic killer who goes on a killing spree at a bakery. Oddly enough, he wasn't acting. He they yeah. just asked him to. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually a documentary portion. Yeah, just be you, Gary. Yeah, and he is then <laughs> given the electric chair, <laughs> then cremated. The ashes are sent to his mother, who packages them in gingerbread dough oh and my. sends it back to the very bakery. That Gary Busey committed the crime. Wow, full circle. Unbelievable. Okay, so let's see what happens from here. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to go well. Uh-oh. You can't see it, but... Oh, an God, I don't want to describe curse. it. That's gross. What is it? I think I know what... I mean, who it is. It's me you're after! Why'd you come and get me? A new kind of cookie. <laughs> no! <laughs> But it sure ain't the Pillsbury dope boy. No way! <laughs> no! So it just basically this turned into is, like Bride of Chucky. It just with- turns into a slasher movie with a gingerbread. <laughs> the, the gingerbread man has Gary Busey's face. This is the <laughs> most messed up. That is the most disturbing thing I maybe have hey, ever seen. Who, who submitted that? 
Zach Miller. Zach, and you win. I, we have to say, you, we, we didn't preview these. No. Uh, th- I don't know what this film is rated, but at the very least, it's a hard R. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, Easily. I think the trailer <laughs> alone, I mean, just from bleeping out yeah. parts of the trailer, it's a hard R. Right, yeah. right, <laughs> right. trailer right. alone is Really the intense R. R. <laughs> Oddly enough, put out by Pixar. <laughs> really from the studio that brought you toy story and left behind yeah. comes the ginger dead man <laughs> golly wow well well you guys have seen some you horrible movies left behind is pretty good yeah yeah after yeah. seeing that actually <laughs> i kind of want to go back to the theater and watch nick cage and left yeah behind. i need to cleanse my mind by watching left behind <laughs> <laughs> cleanse my mind. oh man well thank you all for uh for writing in there's plenty more on the podcast episode page and uh, links to a lot of trailers so if you find yourself bored after listening to this podcast and you need some something to kill your afternoon go watch some of these trailers because there are some really bad movies out there Thanks to all of you for submitting your worst ones. All right. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the podcast, uh, for some reason, we got talking about church lock-ins and sleepovers and Shauna's kids and having a good time and Jesse just throwing the kids out in the backyard and throwing a football to him and then Eddie speaking to a group of kids at about IJM at 3 in the morning. It just got weird and it got us us thinking. And so we want to... Classic podcast. Classic podcast moment. (laughs) We want to ask you this week, what is your craziest lock lock-in or sleepover memory. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You can go over to the, the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, but, but tell us your craziest lock-in or sleepover memory. Um, most of mine involve my my dad threatening to send the kids, drive the kids home because we just wouldn't shut up and go to sleep. You kids and yeah, and your mom just... My mom was just sleeping through it, yeah. I think. Or, or yeah. Just, Mrs. Mrs. Michael Mrs. Snavely. Mrs. Michael Snavely was just chilling. Just getting her beauty rest, getting ready for the morning. <laughs> That's right. Prepping She's up some, a very deep sleeper. Prepping up some pancakes for the boys. <laughs> hey, you boys have a fun night? Yeah. <laughs> your father didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so hit us up. Tell us your craziest lock-in or sleepover memory. We'll have a lot of fun reading these next week um before we wrap up today's show we got some mail this week i love mail um i love mail too um especially when it comes in a box that is shaped like a vinyl now i order a lot of vinyl off of amazon and so I know what one of these boxes looks like. Right. There's really nothing else that you're going to put in a box this size. No, so no. I got very excited when I saw mm-hmm. Justin. It's not just a flat square. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, oh, out here. oh, sweet. Who ordered a shipment of flat square boxes? <laughs> I was very excited to see this package come across my desk from Justin Douglas of Fox Lake, Wisconsin. What's up, Justin Douglas? Attention Relevant Podcast. And I open it up, and there are two vinyl <sighs> records in here, okay? One of these is for Cameron, Shut. and one of these is for Eddie. Uh, okay, now, let me... Uh, uh, Eddie, Justin I'm going to hand you this. Eddie, describe what Justin has sent you. What Justin has sent me, <laughs> it can only be described as art uh, and magic and beauty and mystery okay. and feline wonder. Uh, Justin Douglas has sent me a vinyl edition of Cats the Musical cast recording. Unbelievable. It is a double vinyl, and when you open it, there is pictures of cats prancing. Oh, there's old Deuteronomy, who I played. Oh my gosh, that's really... Oh, look at that. They're going on to the heavy side lair and Gus the theater cat. We could go on and on. Um... This is an incredible you gift. Know when, when, who, who sent that? What was the, the Justin, Justin, Doug- Justin Douglas from Wisconsin? You know when Justin like was was <laughs> checking out of the record store where he purchased that. <laughs> I think I was like, oh, uh, I see your your that'll be uh, you know twenty five dollars for the Cats vinyl double 
uh, cast recording. Justin. And also, I'm obligated, it says here on the receipt, to give you an atomic wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Justin, that was an incredibly kind gift. And I also want to say that it has the lyrics uh, no. on the sleeves around oh the vinyl. Goodness. I don't need them. Um, so I'll probably <laughs> donate those uh, to a shelter or something. Uh, Justin, this is incredibly. There nice. was another record in the in the package that that uh, Justin sent us as well. This one was for Cameron. It's uh, I haven't given this to Ke- to Cameron yet. I will I will when he gets back. Um, but it's Kenny G's Duo Tones record, and this is the note. <laughs> this is the note that's on this record. Cameron, here is a record to play at your Halloween party. Just switch to this when those in attendance become unrecognizable, and it should cause party crashers to move on. <laughs> Justin, man. Justin. Well played, sir. Thank you. That was very, very kind of you. And I assure you that uh, my family will be enjoying the sweet uh, purrs of cats all seriously, weekend. Seriously, this uh, this Kenny G. Elman is from 1986. And yes. look, at, look at him on the back of this. He looks like a local hipster. Yeah. Like today. It's He's all- wearing like a, like a really, really low cut mm-hmm. tank top <laughs> with an open uh with an open button down shirt and suspenders. Yeah, and a baritone sax. And and, uh, and a high pair of jeans and some white sneakers. He's way sneakers. ahead of his time. Everything old is new again. Man, Kenny G. And cats. And so cats. good still. Everybody <laughs> still likes it. So uh so thank you, uh Justin. Justin we, that we was appreciate awesome, that. Man. If you want to <laughs> send us vinyl or <laughs> anything else feel free relevant podcast 900 north orange ave winter park florida 32789 we love getting mail from our fans it was really cool thank you so much well thank you uh to chris tomlin for uh for hanging out with us we had a lot of fun talking to chris today <laughs> what man. A he good was guy. he was a good sport he, he was a good sport yeah he really was uh be sure and uh go pre-order his new album it's called love ran red yeah. it releases october 27th chrisTomlin.com. Mm. follow him on twitter at chris tomlin and thank you also to peter ends for talking to us again his new book is called the bible tells me so uh you can learn more about that and uh follow peter on twitter as well his twitter name at pete ends p-e-t-e-e-n-n-s and uh the full conversation we had to cut it down for the show but the full conversation will be over at the podcast episode page really good magazine.com it's really a good book totally yeah. worth your time so check it out well on that note guys it's gonna wrap it up i'm chad michael snavely i am very proud of you chad you did a great hey, job thank you Eddie. Good I, job, appreciate, I appreciate that i'm jesse carey <laughs> and and i i second that Oh, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Hat tip to you, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> tip. For uh, Joy Egrets and Sean Aniquis. And, and, Dan- uh, and Daniela. And Daniela. <laughs> and our very own Cameron Strang. We'll see you guys next week. for listening to the relevant podcast you can follow us on twitter at relevant podcasts and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. and don't forget to check out the magazine it's available on newsstands and at the itunes app store or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe
okay, that was fun. I'll see you in the penalty box. I'll beat you on the ice in two minutes. We'll do this little dance again. <laughs>